Hey guys and welcome back to the watering hole. I hope you had a fun week. I hope you were able to learn. I hope you were able to grow and most importantly I hope you were able to keep in touch with your friends and family. That's really important at a time like this. Well, my week was particularly it was pretty good actually. Um I was productive. I was able to do what was required of me, but I feel I owe it more than myself. I owe it to this particular drug that I have been hooked on for quite some time and uh, it is a blaring issue right now. And I'm willing to bet 60 to 70% of you out there listening to this podcast at this moment right now are hooked on it as well. and before you report this podcast for explicit content or you start typing those dms let me clarify the drug that i'm actually talking about is caffeine now i can almost hear you breathe that sigh of relief and that's because if you're like 99.9% of the world you do not consider caffeine to be a drug but nevertheless caffeine is listed as a psychoactive stimulant think of it guys how many times a day do you drink coffee Uh, everything from Starbucks to your French press to your coffee machines at work to that homemade cup of coffee that your mother makes first thing in the morning and you absolutely love. And think of it, guys. I mean, doesn't that first cup of joe, that first cup of coffee in the morning hit differently? I mean, what is it? What is it that caffeine does to us that when we have the first sip? of this dark nectar you feel rejuvenated you feel on top of the world and you feel like you can conquer you feel like you can absolutely conquer and slay anything and everything in your way and just power through whatever you need to do throughout the day what is it i i was curious about this and if you tuned into the podcast last week you'll know that i am reading a book called why we sleep by matthew walker it is garnering a lot of attention and the good professor at john hopkins who's authored the book tries to explain what sleep is why we need it and so on and so forth but there is a very particular and interesting chapter in this book it's about caffeine and what it does to the body now if you now let me try and break this down for you before that we need to understand three little terms that i'm going to be using one is caffeine and one is melatonin and the other is adenosine now our body is essentially a walking laboratory and in this lab of sorts there are a lot of chemicals these chemicals biologically are called hormones now these hormones regulate everything from fertility rates to how you sleep to how you act to your susceptibility to diseases so on and so forth now what does melatonin do Melatonin is sort of the body's way of telling you, "Hey buddy, you know you got to hit the sack. You got to hit the sack. You got to hit the hay. You got to sleep. You have to sleep." The body starts releasing melatonin at about 6 p.m. and this amount peaks at 12 a.m. and then the amount continues to reduce and by around 7 a.m. the body is no longer producing it. So this is why you feel sleepy. This is why you yawn. This is why you feel tired. This is because the body is engineering you 
to go to sleep. Perfectly understandable, right? Good. Now the other term, adenosine. What is adenosine? Adenosine is basically the body stopwatch. As soon as you wake up, the body starts producing adenosine. So the longer you've been awake, the higher amounts of adenosine there is in the body. And there are receptors which are basically welcoming sites for this hormone adenosine in your brain. What does it do? As the amount builds up, all this adenosine goes to these welcoming sites or receptors and essentially tells the body, you know what, I've been awake for 24 hours, I've been awake for 20 hours, it's time I hit the sack and I go to sleep. Now, this is how it normally works. This is how God intended it. This is how, you know, the creator, the force, evolution, mother nature, whatever it is, that is how it was intended to work. Now, enter mankind and enter mankind's best friend. I'm not talking about the dog, I'm talking about caffeine. What caffeine does is essentially it binds to these welcoming sites. It goes and occupies the welcoming sites before adenosine can bind to this. What does that do? It basically tells your body, it tricks your body into believing that you haven't been awake for very long. Now, even if you have been pushing an all-nighter, if you do have a copious amount of caffeine, your body will be tricked into thinking that you've just woken up and your body will keep going and pushing. And that is why you crash after you have a copious amount of caffeine. Think about it, guys. How many times have you come across a friend who has actually had a can or two of Red Bull before an exam or an event and after the exam or the event completely collapses and crashes and take a takes a nap for about six hours? I mean, I've personally done it. I've, I have friends who've done it. And it is always such a curious scenario. I mean, how many times have you asked yourself, I mean, mate, didn't you just have Red Bull? I mean, why are you sleepy? Why are you feeling sleepy? This is the reason why. Because even though you don't feel tired, the body is still running on fumes. And at one point, the caffeine wears off. Yes, it wears off. Passes out of the body. You sweat it out. You, you, it goes out through urine, whatever. At one point, caffeine leaves the body and that's when the adenosine, which is all built up, comes and binds to the welcoming sites or the receptors and then you feel absolutely tired and you want to go to sleep. And what are you doing when you're awake? I mean, if you're like 90% of the people out there, you are on social media, you're consuming some type of content on social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, whatever it is, Reddit, Whatever it is, you are consuming some sort of content on social media. Now, social media is the big other addiction of our time. And we don't, the, the issue with social media like caffeine is, we don't see it as something that we can get addicted to. And that is why it is so dangerous. Don't get me wrong. I am not against social media. I'm not calling for a boycott of social media. I'm not saying that social media can't do a lot of good. Yes, it can. It is a force that can truly be harnessed to bring some beautiful, beautiful effects. But at the same time, it can also disrupt your lives and it can have a lot of bad negative effects on your life. And you won't realize it until it's too late. I mean, think about it, guys. You get to interact with your friends or you get to interact with your favorite creator of content and it's completely free. That's the, that's the clincher. That's what hooks you in. The fact that these accounts are completely free. But just because you're not paying for something doesn't mean it's free. 
Think about it, guys. Some of the most powerful companies, some of the most valuable companies out there right now are social media companies. I'm talking about Netflix, I'm talking about Google, I'm talking about Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, WhatsApp, so on and so forth. I can go on with the list, but you get the gist. Why are these companies so valuable? Why are they so powerful? Why? And the simple answer is data. Now that you're not pay now that since you're not paying for the account, what you are doing is that you're giving up your data. Now let me break this down for you. Let's say you get a cup of coffee and you get two donuts every single day that you go to work. Now it doesn't really seem like something that anybody would be interested in, but that that's why you'd be completely wrong. If a company was sort of tracking your expenses, tracking your music, tracking what car you have, tracking your patterns, they'd be very interested to understand what coffee you're consuming, how many times a day you're consuming it, what brand it is, what chain it is. If they change the marketing of that particular chain, do you consume more of it? Do you consume less of it? What brand of donut did you have? What flavors you like? How many times a week do you come and get that? Uh, what do you feel? What type of music do you uh, listen to after you have that cup of coffee and those donuts. Do you shop after you do that? Do you not shop? What type of ads do you click on? What type of content do you consume after you have that cup of coffee? I mean, you get the gist. This is a complete mundane activity. It is a completely mundane activity, but you get the gist. This is how they can harvest your data. And this is happening all over the world at all times. And, and it's, 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 it's the price that we pay for supposedly being social. I mean, think of it, guys. Social media, the word itself is an oxymoron. It says that it is, you know, building a social network and bringing you closer to ever, but you don't really... But you don't really use social media to get in touch with your friends. I mean, okay, fine, maybe 40% of the time. And the remaining... Let's say another 40% you're looking at memes and the rest of it, you're probably scrolling some videos which you think you can learn something, a new skill, something of the sort. And that's how you're using social media. I mean, that is uh, ultimately what you will be doing. I mean, that is what 99% of the people out there are doing and that's completely fine. It's completely fine. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But I'm just saying that I want you to understand the trade-off. When you set up these companies, uh, I mean, when you set up, I'm sorry, when you set up when you set up these accounts, that's the trade-off. You're not paying for it. You're not paying for the content unless you're on Patreon or you're supporting your creator. But this is the pay This is the trade-off. You're giving your data away, knowingly, unknowingly, in return for entertainment and content. Nothing wrong with that. Completely fine. But you also have to understand that data can be harnessed in a negative way. Now, how how now we have to understand how. Um, let's take, let's go back to the donut and the coffee example. How does, you know, um, something like buying coffee or donut get into a discernible pattern and some actionable info? That's where data analytics comes in. Data analytics started taking off in 2010, 2011, and is absolutely huge. And it's just going to keep getting bigger and better. I mean, think about it, guys. People have realized that this is a, a mine and they want to get in on it. I mean, companies... They're paying huge amounts of money to visualize the data to all these firms because it's that important. Data is going to, data and AI is going to disrupt 
your lives. It's going to disrupt every single career that is out there and it's going to change it for the better. Now, according to data, lol, according to the data I have, my audience, as that is you listening to this podcast right now, are either between the age of 18 and 24 or 25 and 29. And if you're that one person who is above 65 and is listening to my podcast, welcome. Um, but yeah, so if you are part of that demographic, then either you are a student or you are a recent graduate or you just started working. It's your first job, you're excited and you want to perform and you want to get somewhere in the world. This is pretty much, that's my audience. That's, that's who you are. That's how I've summed it up. Now, if this is true, if you fall into this demographic, that means this sort of disruption is going to hit you the hardest. It's going to hit us the hardest. Think about it, guys. If you don't have the relevant skills, you will be replaced by somebody who does. That's it's as simple as that. So what can you do to sort of insulate yourself in this sort of scenario? The way to insulate yourself is to pick up new skills. It doesn't matter if you are a, a bio major and you want to learn coding. Go for it. Go for it. There are thousands and hundreds of courses out there that are willing to teach you either paid or free that are willing to teach you to code, to analyze data, to go into data visualization, to use the tools uh, which will you know, help you to visualize data. There is huge money in this. Go for it. Don't let what you what don't let your formal education come in the way of you actually learning. That's the thing you have to learn, guys. The illiterate of the 21st century is not the person who does not have a degree. It is not the person who cannot read and write. It is the person who cannot. It is the person who cannot learn, unlearn, and then relearn. Because if what you are doing today is not relevant tomorrow. It, that means something which is relevant has replaced it. And in that effect, you will have to unlearn what you know and then relearn and unlearn and relearn and unlearn and relearn. This is the process. This is the loop. This is what you have to get on top of. If you're able to do this, you'll be successful in any field. You know, you can adapt to changing trends. You can be ahead of the curve and you will always come out on top. It's as simple as that, guys. It's as simple as that. But like I mentioned before, data has and can be used in a negative connotation. It can be used negatively. And if data is harnessed in a negative way, you'll end up in what's called an Orwellian nightmare. The term Orwellian nightmare is named after a particular person, George Orwell, who wrote this book called 1984, in 1949 and the book remains relevant today as it was relevant back then what is the book about um if you haven't been following the instagram page i'd recommend you follow the page and on the page i've actually given you a summary but let me sum up the book for you the book essentially paints the picture of a dystopian world and we follow a particular character and we sort of understand that there is this entity called big brother who is constantly watching you your thoughts are not safe. Your friends are not safe. Your family is not safe. Everything you do is being watched. You, every thought you have is being recorded and can be used against you. That is sort of the extreme sort of scenario that people make, especially when they think of data and when they think of AI. It's a far off scenario, but that is the reason why a lot of people are, are advocating for data privacy and data security and a great, they want a greater say in how their data is being harnessed. If you've no companies are asking you, 
how you want your data to be processed what kind of ads do you want to be exposed to i mean they are saying that you know what we want to remain profitable we can't completely not run ads but we'd rather run ads that are relevant to you and so you have that option it's a small little segue but that is what it is and guys if you're able to harness that learn unlearn relearn sort of loop and if you can do this repeatedly then you'll find success but even when you do find success sometimes you feel fake you feel like you don't deserve it you start doubting yourself you start wondering whether all of this is real whether you you question your self worth you start questioning everything and no this is not a self confidence issue because this is something that affects that has affected people like oprah that people like tesla ceo elon musk people like warren buffett bill gates and so many other big names it's affected me and i'm pretty sure you've also felt this and that's because this is a syndrome called imposter syndrome now imposter syndrome makes you question especially when you've just had that you've just made uh you know you've just achieved a goal you've passed a milestone or something of this sort this sort of syndrome makes you question everything you start questioning whether you actually deserve the success you start questioning yourself you start doubting whether you know you should have started in the first place and you sort of go down this hole and it's a very bad place to be in i mean think about it guys aoc who was who is a democratic senator who was voted into congress one of the youngest people to be voted into congress amazing amazing politician has herself said that she battles imposter syndrome at least twice to thrice a week i mean if someone like her is going through it you know that it's completely normal and it's not a self confidence issue it is not a self confidence issue at all it is more like you validating yourself you have to validate yourself so when you're feeling this way if after you achieve something you feel fake that's completely normal but what do you do then what you do is introspect maybe put pen to parchment and write down what you achieved what is your success what milestone you achieved what goal have you surpassed write it down and then write down your thoughts after that and each of those thoughts will lead you to another thought and you'll finally get into that dark little place where this thought originated from and then you can turn on the light there turn on the light dissipate the darkness you're good it is not an easy process introspection is always hard it's always hardest when you have to hold the mirror to yourself because one that can be very scary and two you might not like what you see but nevertheless this needs to be done if you're feeling this way if you feel fake if you doubt yourself especially after you know you achieve something broken miles or whatever you should introspect and once you do you will realize why you're feeling this way and you will see the light at the end of the tunnel i mean think about it guys alice had to go down the rabbit hole to reach wonderland and at the end of the day she saved wonderland but she had to go through the rabbit hole and sometimes in life we have to go down the rabbit hole yes it's dark it's small we might not fit we might get stuck yes completely understandable agreed that these are all possible scenarios but it has to be done nevertheless and once you do you will come out on the other side you will see the light at the end of the tunnel and once you do it's a completely elevating feeling you feel better you feel better that you know you validated your feelings 
you understand why you're feeling this way and if you do feel this way again it's an easy place you can go back to the place that you actually ended up in and figure out okay this is why i'm feeling this way and eradicate that completely i'll leave you with this one thought it's this one thought that that came to me and it's it's really interesting it's really relevant and i think a lot of people don't do this but i think they should here goes you have to use time your time and your energy as a resource ever thought of that have you ever thought of your time and energy as a resource you think of money as a resource you think of so many other things as a resource but a very small percentage of you actually think of time and money energy as a resource because when you start treating time and energy as a resource then you have to start treating every activity every engagement every person you're talking to as an investment of that time and energy and now when you make an investment what are you looking for you're looking for profit you're looking for some sort of return on the investment you're looking at the bottom line and that's what you have to do if you're investing time and energy into something you should get something in return it doesn't have to be proportionate in some cases it does but we'll get into that later if at all it doesn't need to be proportionate you have to get something out of it right and once you do realize that okay you know what x x amount of activities are being done but i'm only getting x minus 2 or x minus 3 out of it and then you can sort of remove the activities which don't really give you something and at the end of the day you'll be left with some extra time what do you do with that extra time what do you do with that extra energy you remember what i told you before about learn unlearn and relearn and how the person who cannot master that is going to be the illiterate of the 21st century that's where that comes in with that extra time that is what you do you pick up new skills you invest in yourself educate yourself gain knowledge become a better person so that you are ready to face the challenges of tomorrow and that's all i have guys thank you for joining me on this episode of the watering hole and i will see you rather i will talk to you in the next episode bye bye